salting down the avenue I never thought I'd see a stack like you 36 down 2 With A38s and HMGs That strong attack broke me right in two It broke in six, it's true And I ran, I routed far away I just ran, I ran toward hex row A Low crawl? No way! DM appears above my head A badge of shame for the next turn or two The troops hate me, it's true the coward's running faster still Until some woods or buildings come in view Till cover comes in view And I ran, I ran far from the fray I just ran, cause no quarters in play In cover I will stay Anyway, I ran to live another day. I just ran. What can a coward say? Ran. That's good enough for government work, boys and girls. It's the spirit of the song. We captured the flavor, the spirit. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast about the greatest game in the world. The two half squads? What's the game? Oh, Advanced Squad Leader. Oh, yes. That's right. It's been so long. I forgot hope, the hope name you of the game. Hope you enjoyed that opening comedy bit. Thank you, Dennis Donovan, for letting us butcher your song. And if you did enjoy that, we would like to know who you are because there must be something seriously wrong with you. If there's anybody still listening after that debacle... 
It was wonderful. It's, it's, you know, it makes it even more of a comedy bit because we couldn't do it right. <laughs> yes. Well, we practice it one, one and a half times. One and a half times. Yeah, which is unusual for us. Yes. We normally don't put that much effort into the show. And yes. I noticed um, when we sat down here to record, my wife was up, was upstairs. I think she was watching TV. She, there's a show she watches in the afternoons. And uh, when we started singing, I think she went up to the upper room the second to floor f- to get away from further us. Further away? Because it was too humiliating. Well, that's kind of sad. <laughs> I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Could be she has nerves of steel. But if you, you know, it's uh, Halloween season, and if you weren't horrified before, that, that song That should do it do. for you. Yeah. And it's Columbus Day. Speaking of yes, horrified. Yes. My sister sent me an email to sign the uh, Get Rid of Columbus Day Um Really? There's a, petition. A, there's a petition oh, for that? Oh, yeah. You Why? know the controversy surrounding Columbus Day? No. Came to America, cut arms off of people, wouldn't give them gold, enslaved the population. Yeah. Oh, he had some soul. <laughs> some good qualities, too. He had too. good qualities, yeah. I um, mean, you have to read his whole resume. <laughs> you, can't just, you can't just go by the highlights, that stuff. Really? I, I actually you know, haven't heard of this. Is this me, year the first year they've let, done that? Let me go to my... I couldn't sign the petition because... Because you're Colombian. Because <laughs> I'm here now, today, on Columbus Day during the daytime, meaning what, Jeff? means you have the day off. And if day. I signed a petition to get rid of Columbus Day, would I have the day off anymore? No. Therefore, I cannot sign it. Yeah, you would be two-faced. My time off is more valuable than the moral implications of not yeah, celebrating. Yeah, I would agree with that. So it says, our history books still continue to downplay the total slaughter and abuse leveled against Native Americans. We often talk about slavery as it relates to African Americans, as we should, but rarely it's mentioned that Columbus himself was a slave trader. My colleague Eric Bjorn has a pretty great essay which de- delves deeper into this, and I'd highly encourage checking it out. There's something wrong with the fact that our classroom history books gloss over some of the most Horrors bestowed on Native Americans while honoring a man whose legend is mostly built on a lie. We give a federal holiday to a man who didn't discover anything. And while honoring a man whose legend... Oh, and honestly, it was, wasn't was a great individual. And he wasn't a great individual in many ways while we don't properly honor Native Americans who truly discovered America. He came to the new world driven by eagle greed, power, and notoriety. Why do we continue to perpetrate this legend that he was some selfless savior who sought to find a new world for noble intentions is beyond me. Wow. Pretty strong? Yeah, that's pretty strong. And I, I guess I get it, but, you know, if you use that sort of logic, then President's Day. I mean, given what's well, been going on over the last... You, you shouldn't have a president Ten years in this country, day. there should be no President's Day, because our presidents are, certainly are nothing to write home about. Which ones? Well, the current ones. <laughs> oh, the earlier, the earlier ones were okay. I guess the President's Day is for the earlier ones, is okay. It's not for the current. Well, team, you know, or yeah. the recent, or the recent. I don't ones. know. Um, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. Um, now I, you remember Leif Erikson Day? It was last Friday. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. Yes, uh, there's a Leif Erikson Day because he truly discovered discovered the New World. Of course, I explained to the students the Vikings didn't change history when they came to the New World, right? The Skraelings, right. as they called them, which were, of course, you know, they, they wrote down the Skraelings would do this holler and woo-woo-woo-woo, and when they attack and shoot with arrows, the Vikings were driven off the continent. And so they landed in, was it Vinland they called? Because of the grapes? I, I don't know if they landed in Canada or up in Maine or something. 
but they did first before Columbus. Yeah. But well, the at world least... changed after Columbus and not after the, the Western world. Correct. The Western world. I mean, we're talking yeah. about Western so-called discovery Correct. of the Americas. Right, because I guess the Native Americans came in down the Bering Strait. Right. They migrated from... across that, you know, 50,000 or more <laughs> years ago. And, uh, yeah, it reminds me of the um, History of the World play by, oh, I forget his name. You, 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 do you remember that? Do you ever hear that? A play? Radio play. Oh, History of the yes, World History by of the World. Fred or Franken. Or, um, um, it's really good. Yeah. But the scene where Columbus lands and right. says, I discover this land in the name of, and then the Indians there, and he says, "We, you, what you mean you discover us? Yeah. No, it's just stereotypical yes. <laughs> in voice, but. What is that guy's name? Yeah. Um, Fritz Furling. We discover you. Yeah. What do you mean you discover me, Columbus says? And he says. Yeah. We discover you here on beach. <laughs> you know, but it does get at the issue of discovery, right? Yeah. So it's true. It kind of, I guess, in a lot of ways, it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. But you're happy to have the day off, right? Anyway, sure. And sure. it gives us a chance. Give and me. I'm, I'm taking some time off. Normally I would be working today because I do not honor Columbus anyway. So, which makes me a little, little better yeah, than you. You don't. A lot yeah, of a little better do not. than you, wouldn't you say? Of course you're better than yeah. me, but you know, not because of those. There's many, many reasons why. But at least we've we found some time today to podcast, so that's that's a good thing. So yes. we thank Columbus for that and for crying out loud. That's enough of that. This is not the two Columbus squads. No. Or the two half squads, which I guess I really can't say. You can't say that anymore. And, and of course, what happened this weekend? Um I had uh, pizza. Where are we supposed to be? Oh, Aslock. Aslock. Happened last week and, happened, and this weekend, yeah. Yes, because of Columbus Day, that was the, why he chose the weekend. Yeah. Um, to have it on this weekend because he was a postman and had right. the day off Monday. Yeah. And he had to get to Aslock. My queen, I must sail to the Americas to go to Aslock. <laughs> no, Fish, when Fish originally did it. Because yeah. he was a postman, you recall. Oh, yeah, that's right. That. That's right. I, I Actually, I'd forgotten that. One of our more informative shows when we... <laughs> yeah, back in the day. Yes. We've decided that the next <clears throat> 100 episodes, well, now I guess it's 97 episodes, are not going to be as good as the first 100. Right? No. Right. Yeah. Because the pressure's too great. Yes. <laughs> Starting with that opening song. Yes, no, yeah. no pressure to we make it perfect the like the previous songs yeah. we had done. Yes, yes. Perfection. So we actually, you know, I haven't seen you since the 100th episode. That's correct. Because you you did that great work on episode one hundred and one, which is fairly uh, great work. It's well, audio. I can. It'll well, be better. It was going a lot forward. of work. It was a lot. Of work. It was a lot of work. Yeah, but fun work. Yeah, and, and good um, good result listening to some of that stuff. That was yes. Good. And then we had to cancel our recording session for one hundred and two. So yeah, I had I, to work last week. I was forced to go it alone with yes. Aaron and, and old man Dan. Old man Dan. Yeah, it was nice of he, that he could show up on yes. such short notice. Yeah, I'm not sure if he can and come actually, back again. But if I had shown up. Um, there wouldn't have been a, enough microphones. So Correct. I'm glad Correct. Glad it worked out. So it was a little more boring 102, but 103 can't go, can't get any worse Can't get any here. worse, right. <laughs> so. Well, maybe we should, uh, there's so much to talk about, so much going on in the ASL world, and uh, but I'd like to kind of get back into the groove because it's been a little while since we've done a regular show. How about some letters? All righty.
the typewriter. Ding. Performed as performed by Ding. Mitsu Taka. Shirishi. Shirishi. Wow. Takes a long time to introduce him. Longer than the song, actually. And this is a little quicker. Look at me yeah, dance. He's falling. Burning up the ivories. I could learn this on the guitar, but it might take oh, me. Oh, I we want. I want. Yes. Yeah. You're gonna. We're gonna redo your theme song from episode 100 on the guitar. Yes. And and use it as our new. As our new intro song. music. Yes. Wow. I forgot I wanted to do that. Well, well, probably for Put a that good reason. List. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we don't do music for a living. Or I don't know. Maybe we'd get better at it if we. Uh... May, maybe so. And. Oh, let's yes. Let, now Would you like we've... an audio call first? Oh yes, I love those. You want to remind the listeners to use our call-in thing. Hey, listeners, re- use our call-in thing. <laughs> well, my check out our website. Spins There's a... with the okay. Check out our website, and you will see that there is a phone number where you can call in and leave us a message, and we would love to hear from you live. We also love the the typewritten letters, but live is is good too. Yes, and this one is. Um, Someone's reaction to our Saving Private Ryan film review. Here we go. Good morning, Half Squads. This is Steve DuBois calling in again. I was just listening to episode 92. It's uh, the end of September, so I'm a little late. But at any rate, you were just reviewing Saving Private Ryan, and um, uh, I thought you did a great review. Uh, I, um, I guess I don't agree with one of your one of your points, and then I wanted to kind of mention one of the parts of the movie that I uh, disliked, um, but uh, overall, I thought the movie was excellent. I thought it was very well done, and it was a very accurate, I think, depiction of uh, kind of the, the headspace you get in, especially that first scene when, when there's no sound except Tom Hanks's own breathing, and you're just so focused uh, on trying to stay alive. At any rate, so you guys mentioned that you didn't think Tom Hanks's character would have um, treated the the wrong Ryan in that manner when he uh, uh, he kind of disrespected him and disrespected the other the other uh, 101st Airborne soldiers that had landed in the gliders. And I think that what they were portraying there was Tom Hanks's character being on the edge mentally, uh, and having to do this mission that he really didn't want to be on, and having been through Sicily, and I think, I'm sorry, North Africa and Sicily, and probably uh, the Italian mainland as well, that uh, I think the strain was beginning to show, and that's why I think they portrayed him that way. Um, So... While I understand your point that you didn't think that Tom Hanks's character would do that if he was whole, in a sense, or uh, rested, or you know, in a in a better mental state, I agree with you. But I think that's what they were portraying that he was breaking down, and his ability to be compassionate uh, was was no longer uh, very good. And then uh, the part that I dislike about the movie. I mean, I, I don't like those scenes that you're talking about, but I, I think I understand them and why they happened. 
and so I'm okay with them in that sense. But the part that, of the movie that I don't like is it is near the end where Tom Hanks's character is dying, and he talks to Private Ryan, and he says, "Earn this," as if it's somehow Private Ryan's fault that he and his Rangers were sent on this mission uh, to to save Private Ryan, obviously, and. I just thought that that was uh, that was an awful thing to say to some poor private who just lost his brothers. And um, and then at the end of the movie, of course, the older now Private Ryan goes back to the cemetery and and finds Tom Hanks's character's grave and um, you know and breaks down about whether or not he had. So you can see that he was haunted by that throughout his whole life, the rest of his life. He's haunted by this dying man telling him he needs to earn this, and I I, uh, I didn't like that. But, again, that could be just uh, portraying Tom Hanks' character as, you know, as breaking down. But, um, uh, anyway, I didn't like that. But thanks for the great podcast and the great review of the movie. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the movie and of watching it uh, when you guys were talking about it, so... Hope you guys have a, a great fall and a great uh, holiday season as it's coming up. And I look forward to many more podcasts. Take it easy. Bye. I, that was nice. Yeah, I think he makes a, actually a good point about that earnest thing. Yes. You know, yeah. why, why would Ryan need, Private Ryan need to earn that any more than anyone else who was saved by someone else in the war? Right. Yeah. I mean, a guy jumps on a hand grenade, saves your group. You know, someone laying that on you. Oh, you should earn that because your friend jumped and you know died for you. Right? Doesn't he make a good point? Or <clears throat> I guess when you, I guess when you put it that way, you mean like it kind of lays <laughs> a, a heavy uh, obligation yeah. on the survivor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And and why any more than anyone else? You know what I mean? I don't know. I I think in a way it it also is saying, look, you you could have died. I'm dying instead of you. Um, make the most of your life. You know. Yes, and in that regard, sure. But we would encourage anyone to do that anywhere, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I guess I can see his point on that. Yeah, and I think he he did. I think that is what in the other scene when when Ryan was rude to the. Paris was that yeah, right? I think so. Yeah, he's. I think he's right. They were trying to show that his normal nice guy character. He lost connection with that, right? I agree. Yeah. Um, I just didn't think, and that's what I thought they were going for. I just didn't think it. To me, it didn't play right. I, I would have, you know, when Spielberg asked me about it, Steve, <laughs> as, as I call him, Steve, I told him that I would have played it differently, and he agreed with me. <clears throat> and uh, it's one of the reasons why he's. He's, you know, got a little edge around him about Tom Hanks, because I told him that. <laughs> and anyway, so... Yeah, that, thanks for that call. That was very thoughtful. Yes. And off to written letters. Okay. Got a letter here from John, who says, Hey guys, just finished enjoying show 97. Some week, when you need a topic, I thought it might be interesting if you looked at and talked about some of the ASL blog sites that are out there. There are a bunch of good ones. Here are a few that I'm aware of. And then he lists some here. He says, there are some guys out there being creative and contributing to the community. Thought it might be worth a mention. 
Well, and he lists about seven or eight here, and he's right. And I am always amazed at the amount of effort and time uh, and creativity that people put into their blog sites. Yes, and so we should keep that list, if you want to mark that interviews. Okay. I guess that's where we keep topic ideas to now. And and we did talk about covering the different gaming groups, and a lot of those newsletters are associated with gaming groups where the sites are. Right. And so that's a great idea. So let me just... You know, because he put it here. Let me read a couple. Cause sure. He, we'll look there's at a Battle, Battle yeah. School, of course. Yes. And I'm just going to say the names. I won't give the URLs. But Battle School is well-known and a great one. If you look up blindhex.blogspot.com, I've... Oh, that's his. That's John's. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Oh, that's a great site. <laughs> <laughs> it, actually, it is. I, I have been on that, and it's really good. Oh, you have? Yeah. yeah. There's one called... Um, Wall Advantage, I'm familiar with that one. I've seen that yeah, one. Yeah, very good site. Uh, ASL Point Blank, I've seen that. Uh, the ASL Wichita Group is on here. All um, all of them really good, and I love that. People are keeping up with that. Okay. And I have a letter from Dennis Donovan, great lyricist, very famous li- lyricist. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, and he, it was about... World War II beer runs. He says, my, da- my dad, or he forwarded this from someone else. My dad told stories about run flights that originated from the AAF in Salisbury and several other fields well away from GHQ London. As apparently Ike found out about this practice and was incensed, they would take keggers and mount them onto the bomb grippers. Is that the proper military term? Yeah, bomb, I think it's gripper, grippers. Grippers, yep. And and fly these kegs over, and there's a photo. I guess we should maybe put this on the um, podcast yeah. or link to it. Yeah. And so they would fly in these keggers to the men in Normandy. Wow, very amazing. And Dennis's comment was, "I received this and thought of you guys because I know you'd appreciate it." Forget the whole Kleinschmidt counter thing. We need an FB fire bomber counter with kegs. Oh, that's a great idea. And so, thank you, Dennis. And we'll, man, man, yeah, maybe interesting. We'll use that as the there are a million stories, million little um, stories like that of stuff that there, went on during the war that are so fascinating. Absolutely, are yeah. The creativity of our of our men at arms. Uh, here's an email from Matt Olson, very good pal of ours. Hi, thank you for the giveaway, but I can't make you pay for the shipping cost. Matt's was in our hundredth episode. Yes. And he won a book, which we were going to send to him in Sweden, but he doesn't think he thinks it'll be too expensive to ship. Um, and he goes on to say, our weapon laws are very different from yours. Even hunting rifles are a difficult thing to get. Now, were we going to send him a gun? Oh, we were going to send him the book about guns. Yes. It's uh almanac about, about guns. Um. Give the book away for your next contest as a bonus. Very nice to be talking with you and have a great day. P.S. We don't have the 12-hour time system. Oh, yeah, when we talked to Matt's, we asked him what time it was, and he said it was 2 p.m., and I thought thought that was a little weird when we talked to him. yeah. He was actually working the the so-called graveyard shift. It was 2 a.m. there. So, and he says he's going to send us some beers. Did you send him? He wants our address so he could send us some beer. Yes, I did send that. You sent him yes, my address? Did anything. you send him my address? No, my, my address. You what? Is, my address is always And have you received the beer yet? No, not yet. <laughs> okay. Will you, will you pr- try it's... to remember to let me know when that arrives? Oh, oh sure. Just like last time. <laughs> yeah. I think half of it got here, didn't it? 
You brought the empty bottles, and they clinked so nicely. Hey, from Alan Hume, congratulations on your 100th show, guys. I'm listening to it right now, and I wish I could have joined in and popped into your Google Hangout type thingy. But being honest, I am a total Luddite, and I don't know how to do such things. Luddite means not familiar with technology. That's right. I that on episode 100, I think. (laughs) I can even read this kind of like Alan Hume. Alan's the one from Scotland. Anyway, I'm off to bed listening to your fine show, of course. See you guys later, and thanks again for making such a great show. He's been often calling us on the phone line, you recall. Yes. And thank you, Alan. Thank you. We got an email from Matt, Matt Zajac, uh, from Houston. We got a, we've got we been getting a lot of email from people we haven't otherwise heard from before, which, yes. is, which is really nice. Nice to hear from you guys. People that have been listening for a long time but just haven't, haven't gotten around to to writing us, so it's nice to know you're out there. Hello again from Houston, Texas. First off, congrats on making 100. I play with the group weekly, mostly campaign games, and have about an hour drive to get to our host's home. The first thing I turn on in the car is the Two Half Squads podcast, which incidentally has reminded me of useful rules and strategies on more than one occasion, just before rolling the dice for the evening. Keep up the historical commentary, banter, rules, and the productive reviews. I thought that was very nice, and he goes on to say a lot of other things, but we appreciate that. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. And I think I had started a couple of just congratulations ones, Jeff, and I thought we could read just because okay. we did hit 100. So yeah, from did. David Martinson, who also is the first time um, hearing from you, I believe. Congratulations, guys. Here's to another 100 from Toronto. Thank yeah. you, David. And Mike from Alabama said, congrats, guys. Keep up the great work. You make sitting in my windowless crypt of an office a lot more bearable. Now the question is, which comes first, episode 200 or Hakapale? It's a very good question. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Excellent. question. And from Andy, wow, not only have you created 100 episodes, but I've listened to 100 episodes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well done. I hope there are many more to come, especially Box Art Review. I didn't make that part up. I We get a lot. We've had several uh, mentions about Becoming Box Art more Review. Popular, yes, and those. people are like, you know what? They're getting better. I mean, they just keep getting better. Here's one from Steve uh, Ambrosius. Cheers. Congratulations to the two half squads. Well done, Jeff and Dave. I've just found the time to watch the 100th episode on YouTube. Too bad I couldn't watch live. In this day of on-demand viewing, it's difficult to get a real-time audience. Well, that's true. So don't be discouraged that many did not tune in live. Yeah, I think we had four people, which is which is amazing. Yes. Uh, I just made a small contribution to your cause. Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to your upcoming podcast. I can only hope you guys are kidding when you say we have nothing left to talk about. I, for one, am looking forward to Rising Sun episodes, banter and jokes, along with anything ASL. Except for those horrible songs you do at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or maybe practice those more. Warmest regards, Stephen. And Stephen, thank you for the kind donation. Also, thank you to Andrew for the kind donation. Yes. The show is only made possible by your kind donations. Yeah, otherwise we just wouldn't do it. No, nah, well. We're not for the no. dough. I, my wife won't, won't let me pay for any bandwidth, that's for sure. Yeah. It's not coming out of our pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Chandler Braswell, also a new time, first time uh, commenta- commentator, commenter, comment, <laughs> want to defend Humphrey's clothing choices. Oh. the fa- what, which, what, what is this about? Oh, comment on the heart attack? ASL extra number 11 going way back. Oh, yeah, that is going back. 
the fact that he stays covered and wears gloves in the desert makes sense. I only spent three weeks in California desert with an M1A1 tank and learned very quickly I did not want to climb on that hot hunk of most oh. metal unless everything was covered and my gloves were on. So that was the heart attack was the one where we uh, reviewed the film and then the scenario, if you recall. Oh, yes. That right. matched together. Of course I, re- of course I recall that. I think that, that was um, actually done with by um, Robert Spilkey. Worked on that one. You have a very good memory. Well, you listen, you've listened to them all. I'm still getting several times. I'm still. I'm, I'm you're st- not. You're not our biggest fan. I'm getting are you? around to it. <laughs> uh, from Mark Bloom, a regular writer. Congratulations on your hundredth episode. That was a long and funny way to go. Could you include my phone call from Pegasus Bridge in France? Oh, we in did. Any of your recent shows, we did that. We did that in a previous yeah. show. Now, yeah. I have to catch up with the latest show. And he's got some cool photos of his trip. Yes. And uh, we'll post these. I'll and post from Ido Magal, another first-time communicator, I believe. I don't. Yeah, I think so. Uh, hey, guys. Started playing ASL Starter Kit a couple weeks back and started reading the rules a couple weeks prior to that. And I've been listening and I'm enjoying the show. I don't know what a newbie-doo is yet, but I expect it's a segment I'd enjoy so, Jeff, what is the newbie-doo that we need to do again? Yeah, I know. <laughs> newbie-doo, we did two episodes of newbie-doo, and it is a audio talk-through on how to play ASL. We take a scenario, and I think we took the first scenario from Starter Kit 1, talked about how to set up, talked about the the procedures that you have to go through, and actually talked through some play as, the, as you move your little counters around and do first fire and final fire and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, teaching take it thing. Right through. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my step question. By step. My question. While I am ah. slowly taking in the vast amounts of rules, I'm a bit surprised that something like cowering is important for a starter player to learn. But there are no, no rules that model the positive impact that a good order adjacent squad would have on morale, or conversely, the negative impact that a nearby casualty or broken squad would have on morale. For example, I was expecting something like a neg one morale check down modifier if there are adjacent good order units, a forced normal morale check to any adjacent units when the units are eliminated. So he's saying... That kind of makes sense. Is Yeah, and in a lot of um, miniatures war games, like when the unit in Ancients, certainly... You have these units. When one starts to rout, it's a morale check on the next one. Yeah. Right? Right. Because well, our flank's no longer covered. <laughs> you know, why are they running? Maybe they have the right idea. So that kind of, um, yeah, effect. In the World War II war game rules, there's, I know there's one set. Battleground has rules for... Again, witnessing a devastation of a unit, and then that could be a morale check also. So it is a common idea, and it does it is not in ASL. Yeah. Right? And that's one of the problems people say, you can devastate your whole force, and if you're not playing with the, what is it, BPV? No. You know, there's that number that's, you can't lose that many points, and then you lose the game. You remember, you remember that? It's... It's on the um, scenarios. No, I don't. Yeah, we never play with it. I don't know anyone that does much. There's this number next to Japanese setup first, 144 in parentheses. Oh. That's a number of like, I don't know, it represents, and the American's 208. You can't take that kind of damage. And, and continue you, to and play? We, correct. Ah. Correct. It's, a, it's like a mandatory losses rule. 
And so, they yeah. Have that, they have that in kids' um, softball, like for, for so, peewee softball. It's called the slaughter rule. The yeah. slaughter rule. Thank you. They do. So there we go. There They have a slaughter rule. They kind of do. Um, but I, what I really like is people writing it into the victory conditions instead. Yes. As long as you haven't lost so many point, kind right. of victory points, right. you win by doing this and this and this. Yeah. Which kind of addresses what he's talking about. Preservation. Really. So I wonder. Yeah, still not really. Certainly it's something. We, that's something we should ask Perry next time we yeah. ask Perry is if they talked about including this kind of rule. Yeah, I think they didn't want it to get too complicated. The rules. So. <laughs> and he says, is, is this really d- dealt with in grown? Really? He says, is this dealt with in grown man's ASL? Not starter kit? <laughs> grown man's. Or yeah. is there another explanation that that kind of action not impact soldiers and so on? So, yeah, thank you. Maybe somebody, one of our listeners might know the answer to that question. If it's been, no doubt it's been discussed oh, on Game yeah. Squad or someplace like yeah, that. You're correct. Maybe it was discussed while yeah. they were designing the game. Yeah. So. Well, we... Jeff, you want to do one more and wrap one it up? One more? Okay. From Jack? Sure. Okay. Jack Dempsey writes and says, Cheers, Jeff and Dave. Just thought I'd give you a heads up on a new, that is as of August 2013, really well done series of ASL tutorials by ID Jester on YouTube. 15 minute, some are a little longer, ASL rules tutorials. Check them out if you have a chance. Maybe interview ID Jester, Jester on your podcast. Roll low and rally well. Yeah, maybe we should add him to the interview list. Yes. Do you want to do that, or should I do that? Um, You can do that. Okay. And we'll say, that's enough for letters. Thanks, everybody. Please keep writing. What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? Well, we know what that means. All right. It's time for What You've Been Playing Lately. And what have you played, Jeffrey? I've been playing quite a bit lately. Well, not quite a bit, but more than usual, I'm happy to say. Uh, I've got a scenario here that I play with my dear friend, my dear, dear friend, can't remember his name, Dave Kleinschmidt. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes. You and I played this from HC1. Where this from, uh, HC was... uh, Heavy Cavalry? (laughs) HC1? Oh. Where's this from? um, Hell's Corner. Hell's Corner. Matanikau. Right. uh, Okay. Battles and Guadalcanal. Yes. He came okay. from the Special Ops magazine. It was a good deal, that one. Yeah. Yeah. When did that magazine come out? Because I'd, I'd forgotten. I don't remember. Okay. But that one was worth getting. I didn't, as you may recall from my review on the episode 102, the next issue didn't have a whole lot of ASL. Yeah. It, but that I liked. Yeah. Well, this is uh, the first scenario from that pack. It's called First Mataniku, Matanikau. First Matanikau. And uh played this with you. This was designed by Bahadir uh, Arem, Aremli. Boy, we got some names tonight, <laughs> today. Anyway, this takes place, yes, at the Matanikau village in Guadalcanal, 19th of August, 1942. Obviously, Japanese versus the Marines. It just plays on a little section of the uh, HC map, which is a pretty big map board was that it's not like a full size 22 by 36 it was map? the yeah yeah, yeah it was big yeah. no it's normal size hexes though but big so it just plays in a little section and uh david played the japanese side and i played the marine side Correct. and the the victory conditions were well pretty much the americans have to cross a, a stream which is right uh, there's a mouth 
of the river as it goes out to the ocean, or the bay, I guess it was. Yes, the effluent. Yes, the uh, Marines have to cross the river, take over Japanese village, pretty much take as many of the huts as they can, and yeah. accrue as many victory points as possible. In fact, the Americans win at the game end by amassing greater than or equal to 16 victory points. This was a this was a fun game. I was not thinking I would do very well with this because having to move the Marines out across that little river yes. was challenging. Correct. Had to be bold, which I'm usually not not that great at being bold. And you had some on the effluent side and then some entered over by the one log bridge or no, there was right. a ford or something. Yes, right? there was a ford there. Oh no, they came through the woods. They already had flanked the Japanese were coming yes. in through the woods on the right side. Right. And then I remember getting a lot of good rolls and getting a lot of casualties on well, you, and I thought you weren't going to recover from that. Your but... first roll was a three, your second roll was a three, and your third roll was a two. Yeah, I think that is correct. And you said to me, as as I've often heard you say, <laughs> should we just call it and start again? Start again. <laughs> I'll take the victory. Yeah. Yeah, I thought opening like that, it was going to yeah. be tough for you, yeah. but... And it was still tough. But the Marines are tough. The Marines were tough. And uh, they took some casualties... But I drove you back. And then you you took on a strategy where as I was approaching the little the last huts couple the village, of buildings you needed. You withdrew from those. And I ran into the woods. At the far side of the board. Because the it plane area. said the rules were if you had to get the, enough points and huts, right? Right. So if I left the huts, I could hide in the woods and you wouldn't be able to get your last points and I right. would win the game. Yes. But... I had a medium. I had a crew counter with a medium right adjacent to you because you came up next to him. Yeah. He. I chose not to run him. I should have ran him because if you hit him and striped him, he'd still be going and he'd be still worth two points. Yes. But I stayed and shot at you. Right. Did nothing, and then you like vapoed him in the next shot, and then you had a line of sight to my end guys in the woods on the edge of the clearing. That's right. And if I went one hex further in. You would have had to come adjacent to all this double firepower, right? And not Be- break, right? But you had a like a four hex away shot with massive marine firepower, yeah, and got the other got point that you one. needed. Last, right? It was kind of pretty much down to the last roll of the game. Yeah, it was the last turn of the game. It was pretty much the last roll of the game. It was the last shot that I could possibly take. Yes, and I was gleefully running into the woods, like, oh, he's not going to expect yeah. this. I'm yeah. going to win. I'm yeah. going to go hide. And then I was so d- disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, when you got that shot from a distance and yeah. actually got the point out, yeah. and I if I had I rearranged those stacks because I left the one half squad on the end instead of all right. the good order full squads that would have only striped. Right. Duh. Well, now hate, it's duh. Yeah, but hate you know it's like oh why didn't it, you know? Well, I mean, also we didn't want to spend all night on a on a five and a half turn. <laughs> Scenario. So, you know, you got to move along and you can't always make those decisions under those conditions. So I thought it was a fun scenario and more fun because I won, which was, which felt good. And, but it was fun. Yeah. And I didn't let you win either. No. <laughs> I, I, I was going that. to, but then I started off with such slaughter on your yeah. Marines. I yeah. thought, oh, okay. I can't, can't let them win now because it's impossible. <laughs> and then suddenly I lost the thing on that last roll. Yeah. Anyway, I gave you my sad eyes. Like, oh, Dave, don't be so hard on me. <laughs> I have a scenario from Scenario from 
LFT. LFT, it's the good old Russian r- r- Civil War, Jeff. Oh, the one yes. I, the pick You're I getting to this. Yeah, yeah I made, You're playing through I these made with Dave. Uh, Dave. Tim, well, yeah. he, he, he had to stop playing through them all. Oh. And then I made him start again. Ah. Um, but this one had some tanks come on. It was the reds and the white Russians against each other. And then the first appearance of tanks, I believe, at this point in history, in 1920, October 19th in Siberia, at least the whites had not seen tanks before. And as these tanks enter... They they have to take checks, pass like checks, or else they'll uh, was it run away or yeah break and and route away a panic die roll. So that was really unique and really yeah. fun. Um, and I did manage to win this one with the white Russians. Uh, it was also very very close. I thought I was not going to be able to pull it out, but I managed to in the end. Um, yep. The Reds were supposed to earn greater than or equal to 20 combat victory points and control the buildings, rubble. Yeah, all the buildings. And so I think Dave fell short by a building in the end. It's also yeah. not a great tight one. Love those Russian Revolution ones. How many of those have you played now? I would think eight. Oh, wow. There's, I think there's like 20 plus in there. Yeah. Maybe eight, 18 scenarios. Yeah. Scenarios. Well, I played another one. Actually, I played this one twice with Rich Spilkey because Rich and I have... Uh, committed to playing through all of these. This is from Crucible of Steel from our friends at Bounding Fire Productions. Ah, excellent. This is great product from them. Yeah, great stuff. And we're going to be talking about that next show. Uh, BFP 82, this is designed by Chaz Smith. Uh, It's called Steamroller. And right off the bat, you you notice it's a two-pager. Oh, it it's, is. A lot of them are in that Crucible of Steel. But uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar, the Crucible of Steel pack is uh, pretty much covers a lot of the engagements that went on around the Battle of Kursk in yes. July of 1943 in Russia, and mostly on the southern part of that uh, salient that the the Russians had uh, pushed into the German lines. This particular one. Was uh, takes place at State Farm. Uh, yeah, it's on a State Farm, not the insurance company oh. though. Sasola. <laughs> well, I hope you were in good hands. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't, but Rich was doing quite well. And we played. We each took turns playing the Russians on this one. I played them the first time, and Rich played them the second time. And he wanted to play this because he's gonna. He was gonna play it at Aslock this week with his friend. So, um, so we went at it. And uh, it was quite good. It's uh, six and a half turns long. It uses boards 16 and 44, so it's not taking anything from the Crucible of Steel. Really, there were only a couple of things taken from the Crucible of Steel pack. Uh, Most notably were the um, AT crews, which are like little anti-tank crews that the Russians have. They're 128s. They self-rally. They have uh, Molotovs or Molotov. I guess they have Molotovs with them. Yeah, no, I guess it's going to depend on the oh, rules. The special rules. The special part, rules. Yeah. Molotovs are Molotov projectors. But they, they self-rally and they oh, they get a couple of extra bonuses when they do throw Molotovs and stuff. So those are special from the BFP pack, from Crucible of Steel pack. And plus there's a just a couple of tanks that are included in this. But anyway, it's a nice array of Russians. The Russians have to dig in and hold their position and keep the Germans from taking over the buildings on the board and it was it's pretty cool the russians also get a a list to purchase some purchasing choices that they can make at the oh, beginning. Like, is it variety yeah. yes so they can purchase at mines ap mines wire trenches at ditches pillbox 
uh, some fortified locations, some foxholes, and some concealment counters. So they can make some choices there. And then also they get to make choices from a couple of additional things, like uh, they could take either a couple of huge 152 artillery pieces. Sweet, big, nasty monsters. Yeah, those or they could are... take four 45L artillery pieces. So you get to choose which one, and which one, if I was to ask you, if you were going against the Germans, would you take two 152s or four 45Ls? I would take the 152s just yeah. for fun. Me too. That's yeah. what both Rich and I said, and we both did that, and they were fun. Yeah. Yeah. Devastating on infantry too. Yes. The Germans also get to make some choices. So the Russians start in on uh, dug-in. They have one dug-in tank. They start on board 44. The Russia, uh, The Germans come in on... Board 16 have to cross some relatively open ground. There's some there's some grain and grain. stuff there that's in season. Uh, they have to cross this open ground. They have to uh, root out the Russians. Now, when I played, Rich stomped me pretty handily. And when I played the Russians and when I played the Germans, he also stomped me pretty handily. But, <laughs> but it was good fun. But a learning I really experience enjoyed, for you, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed those both times. All right. That's what, it. What's next, Jeff? I can only think that it must be a certain segment, segment? that we like to call What's, what's in, in the, the Box. box. Ooh. This is this is especially a well, wonderful thing. This one has a red dot on it. Wow, look at the size of that. And it's called you need help holding Rising it? Sun. Wow. Look at your muscles flex and when I, you Yeah, it's a heavy one. When did you get this? Oh, a week or two ago. And you haven't opened it. Alex Key. I thought we'd save the excitement for the show live. This is amazing. A long time coming. Reviewed it thoroughly, but... I had this on pre-order with MMP, and then a couple of things happened with, uh, you know, kids in college and Ah. that kind of stuff. The week I took it, I canceled my order. They shipped it. You actually did cancel your order. Yeah. Kids in college. It's a problem. Well, of course, everyone knows this one will include all the Pacific stuff, the long sought after. The rules are in the larger type uh, font size, I notice already. This is larger? It's wow. the second edition has the larger fonts. Oh, okay. We have. I the, wonder how long Kota Bushido's been out of print. It's got to be five yeah, years, five or six or oh, more. Oh, even more, May. I think. More, okay. Yeah, I have a, a, a card, uh, what do you call these, D- a divider, which mm-hmm. has your Tank Hunter Hero creation. It look, This looks different. I don't have the original with me here, but it looks a little different. It's certainly got different artwork on it. It has the rice paddies, the heavy surf, the passenger cost for the LCVPs, landing crafts. That's a beautiful um, You have the rules, Jeff? What does card. that go through there? I have Chapter G. Which goes, uh, which is 50 pages right there. That's worth the price of admission right there. This covers, uh, talks about the Japanese jungle, bamboo. Which we just finished covering the Japanese rules in our podcast. Yes, we with did. last show. Yeah. Palm trees, huts, kunai, swamp, rice paddies, panjis, animal pack. We didn't talk about animal pack, did no, we? No, and we didn't do the train. We stopped yeah. at the okay. Japanese. We'll have to do that. The Caves, original. landing crafts, beaches. Seaborne assaults, bulldozers, tropical climate conditions, the U.S. Marine Corps and U- early U.S. Army, and the Chinese, all covered in 
50 luscious looking pages. And that originally was the two games, the Kotobushido and Gung Ho. Yes. This is a monster. This is beautiful. Have you downloaded the errata yet? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's out there. No, have not yet. Yeah. Not I will yet. expect when I next see you. I want to see them all in here. Taking a look at some scenario cards. There's quite a few here. So, um, Oh, yeah. Bloody Red Beach, the very famous... Um, oh, I have the continued. They're, these are continued on the back sides of these. I don't like that. You have the to turn original the thing over. It's like, well, oh, it's not even on the arm. back of the right one, but... This includes some scenarios from the magazines, uh, Shanghai in Flames, Drive for Terzi Huang, Ramsey's Charge. I remember this one. This is a Japanese cavalry charge. Oh, you don't neat. see that a lot. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, it's an American cavalry charge against the Japanese. Yeah, Ramsey's Charge, right. Not Hirohito's Charge. Um, they bring horses? Originally from the General. I got to read about some that. Some of these from the Annuals. And this set, Jeff Tanambogo Nightmare. And there should be two or three of these. Yeah, take two is on the back side of this card. These are from the um, Gavutu Tanambogo um, uh, historical game at, much like the Hell's Corner we're playing. Yeah. It came out with the map and then like three scenarios. Ah, okay. That I've played all of these. I remember this very, very, very vividly. Yeah, grabbing Gavutu's on this side. Bless you. It was a historical A3 scenarios, historical scenarios by Dan Dolan. And that map is going to be in here, too. So you're going to get that whole oh, set in here. Oh, sweet. It's extra you're sweet. Not, you're, not, you're making us go through this. I want to see the maps. Well, coming up. Okay. Moon to Mash, Totsugeki, Orange at Wall album, and so on. Uh, is there anything? Yeah, a Broken couple of those. Bamboo from Action Pack 15. Wow. So, you know, I guess I won't read all these off. What do you have? The originals? that. Well, I, uh, you're asking me. I'm not the ASL historian. I have uh, Smirtaniki. Yeah, that was one of the originals from Code of Bushido, I do and believe. This one I recognize, certainly. You can tell because uh, On the long. Kokoda Trail. Yeah, Kokoda, yeah. And look at the number of troops. They're all longer uh, scenarios that are originals. These, yeah. from the annuals and APs, are all smaller Pacific actions. Oh, okay. Except the campaign game Gavutu um, GT. Oh, here's Bungle in the Jungle. Uh, Shoestring Ridge. Yep, those both were originals in there. A little bit larger. Eastern, Eastern Gate, Gate, Hazardous Occupation. Yeah, wow, that, that has Muslim um, Yeah, that has Muslim partisans in it. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Oh, the Red Star, Red Sun. I remember uh, seeing Russia, that one. Yeah. The Bushmasters. Yeah. Civics Ridge. Ridge. The Rock. Today we attack. The Rock is on two pages. Okay, I'm, I'm, my hands are dry. KP-167. Yeah, I remember that one. That's a catchy title. Jungle Citadel, Sea of Tranquility, and Hell or High Water. Yeah. Oh, and Bloody Red Beach. Oh, that's the other part of the one you were... Yeah, and some of them came uh, from Marine Box Gung Ho also. Okay, nice. Lots of goodness there. Lots of these blue cards this... that I like to record all my scenarios on. These <laughs> yes, you love three the blue hole paper. punched. I'm going to buy you blue paper for your birthday this year, Dave, because that's how much I care yeah. about you. Yeah. Okay, three sheets so far in that. Okay. Stuff. Yeah, we also have uh, Chapter Z. 
I don't know if I know Chapter Z. This is the, uh, the Gavutu Tanamboko campaign. Campaign Rules in the Solomons. They talk about burnt out wrecks. There's landing craft. More stuff that I just don't recognize. Yeah, the rules. And then Japanese for... initial setup conditions. So all that for the campaign game. Okay. This could be the last module you'll ever have to buy of ASL. Except for Hakapale. Hakapale. I think they've shelved that idea. They've decided not to do it. <laughs> They're reeling it all in. So you, okay, so you've given me some counters here. Counter sheets of Japanese? Chinese? I've got Chinese. Chinese vehicles and ordnance. Oh, they have the larger... Sorry. Um, oh, he's collecting his blue page. Larger paper. style. <laughs> larger uh, fonts on the counter sh- sheets also then? Oh, yeah, much larger. Oh, now i got to go through larger. and i got to replace all these. You know how much work this is? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work, Dave. I have to it pull is. out A, a B, squad C, squad D, make sure they're all there, pull them out. They're all mixed in with Japanese units from the other. You know what? It sounds like too much work for you. I'll take this off your hands. I'll just leave these. I'll just keep using my old stuff. Yeah. Why would I have to punch this? You don't have they to look punch crisper. It. They look cleaner. They look cleaner. Why would you have to take out the old ones, though? You don't like duplicates? You don't want to play with two well, A's and two B's? Then I'd have a whole set of separate. Yeah. Yeah, why do I have to take them out? Just mix Some them Some of those together. trays are getting full, man. By the oh. time you took counters from these historical games that came yeah. out and, you know, Operation Watchtower and so on, I think they all had counters with them. I got a lot of Japanese now. Do you mix your, um, like, counters from yes. LFT and... And bounding fire, do you mix them in with your MMP oh, counters? Often, not always. Yeah. Yeah, if like LFT had the Germans with the Spanish division, Azul, um, I kept them in a separate tray. But when they did the Russian Civil War, they had um, a lot of ex- extra, like, commissars for different nationalities. Yeah. And I threw all them into those nationalities. Oh, you did? Okay. You have just handed me Chapter H. More chapters. What are they going to do when they run out of letters in the alphabet? I don't know. going to be a problem. Yeah. That's it. The world will come to a screeching halt. Chapter H is not that large, and that's, of course, because the Japanese didn't really use that many vehicles. In, in, correct. You know, really, that is correct. We didn't see that yeah. much, at least, yeah. in least, at least in what we've been playing. You're making a lot of oh, sorry. rattling noises over there. Look at you. Look, they packed, gleefully. They packed this all in. There. Another blue sheet. Oh, he's pulling out the blue sheets. Wait a minute. Well, i got to get a picture they, of this. They're, they're interspersing boards. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. They're interspersing yeah. boards with counter sheets with board, then blue sheet, then divider, then board, then just all crazy. Yeah, I got it. Uh-huh. Okay, very nice. So I was kind of getting the boards together for you to have a look at. Yeah. But. Yep, Japanese counter sheets, of course, all reissued. Vehicles, snipers, clean, clean, clean. Uh, import counters, collapsed uh, hut counters, uh, bonsai charges, hand-to-hand melee counters, the Marines here, counter sheet all ready to go. How many counter also, sheets is that? That's a lot of counter sheets, Dave. Well, so far... Oh, there's eight. Is there eight? Yes, because they've numbered them. One of eight... Two of eight. Oh. I assume it continues. Yep. Eight of eight. Yeah. Yep. Your Ponzi's, your your landing craft, of course, and all that. You know, I will have to say that when I first got into gaming, not that long ago, whatever that was, eight years ago, 
when I would open up a box like this and I would look at the counters, I would think, oh, this is so cool. cool. This is amazing. This is fabulous. Now I look at these and I think, oh, man, that's a lot of work. <laughs> Not to make make them, to sort them and to, to sort punch them. them. Yeah, to punch them out and sort them. and It is kind of a lot of work. Yeah, I have the Chinese vehicle notes here also, of course, reissued, nice, clean, and crisp in the larger font. We have the eight counter sheets, including the vehicles and all, another divider which has the nationalities on it, and all the nationalities. Look, including the finish here in their finished color. Look at that. Oh, look at that. So maybe they are going to release Hakapale. <laughs> it's the actual fins with the finished color on yeah. it. Uh, and a uh, PTO terrain chart, all kind of cleaned up and crisped up and stuff. So that looks nice. I'll be using that. Could be you just have uh, you cleaned your glasses. Yeah. They, they look kind of the same to me, but you've cleaned your glasses. And then there's overlays sheets. Wow. How many of these? There's a quite a stack of overlay sheets. A lot. There's about 10 here. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eight. Yeah, what do they have? Rice patties, just all kinds of stuff. Woods and so here's a a big overlay. Yeah, with huts. I don't recognize these little things. It looks like patties. Oh, that's rice patties. Okay, so that's what rice patties look like. Yeah. Oh wow, you got to cut all these out. Yeah. No, I don't. No, you didn't check the game. I have to go home and cut all these out. I better go now. Yeah, you better leave and get started. Yeah. We should, you know, we should come have, up with another holiday from some heathen, oh, some some guy, some bad guy we can holiday. I don't want to cut all these out. This one, wow, this big one. This is yeah, uh, they have overlay, the half overlay sheet three, ones. a half yeah, sheet. Yeah, the giant rice just patty rice one. patties. Yeah, it's a whole different color than the old rice patties. Yeah. Less blue. Probably more realistic. The Yeah, that's an interesting, some isn't it? Jungle and so an overlay with the... Nice stream have, running through it. Yeah, like partial board overlays, whole sections. This must be a beach or something yes, sandy looking. One, yep, beach one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. B E less yes, less B-E. yellowy than the old ones. It looks like. Yeah, they do look a little softer. Yeah, there should be sixteen overlay sheets there. Wow, and they're all looking. Oh, this is interesting. Like a little pond surrounded by dense jungle. Yeah, swamp. Yeah, swamp around that. I don't oh, that's remember, a swamp. I don't remember that one. I must. Yes, have it is. It. Okay. Yeah, you can see the mosquitoes there. It's really good printing. And uh, some beach with some effluent running through it or yeah, something. Yeah, that's the one. call that. I learned a new word, effluent. You'd use that for the Hell's Corner uh, type scenarios before they had issued Hell's Corner. You'd create that section of, uh, oh, okay. of Guadalcanal. Now, these are fascinating overlay sheets. These are just blue. <laughs> Sky. So I can, yeah, yeah. Seven map boards included, 34 yep. to 39 and 47 in the new starter kit style. And these are already folded for you. And that one, Jeff, that's why I handed it to you. This is the Sand and Blood uh, Gavutu Tanambogo map. Beautiful map. Look at Two that. little islands. I am not familiar with this action. I'll have to read about this. Yeah, three little islands actually. Originally, you had to cut out the two or three islands. I don't remember that little one on the side. Mm. Ganomi. Uh, Gaomi. Yeah, they came like on the light blue, and you cut them out, 
in that shape, three different ones, and then you put them over these ocean oh, overlays. So you had to create this map. So now it's one shot map, yeah, ready to go. I'm, I think I'll replay all those. It's, they were I enjoyed them. So you I played, played them with these? Jim McDermott, yeah, back okay. when they first came out. All of them, of course. And are, do these use landing craft on these, um, or do you in, start? Do you know? I don't remember them being landing craft scenarios. I would think they were. There's so much. Uh, ocean used here. Yeah, but I, I remember Marines. I remember they were kind of dense, yet not unmanageable by any means. And you have the lighter blue and the darker blue. So yeah, for shallow, um, what do they call it? Well, they call it shallow, I guess. The shallow ocean, probably the coral reefs. Yeah. Well, that just looks like fun. Just that. Is there more in there? No, I'm looking it's up like those It's like Mary Gabutus. Poppins' uh, yeah, carpet had, bag. Yeah, the Tanambogo. They keep pulling stuff out of there. The Tanambogo Nightmare has landing craft. I just don't remember landing craft. Take-Two has the landing craft. Grabbing Gavudu. Yeah, they're all... Boy, how come I don't remember landing craft? I just remember the fighting on the land with the Marines. But we, we, we must have run them as full landing scenarios. Yeah. So, and... Well, that is very impressive. That's about everything, then, right? All in a big, in a big, beautiful box. ASL module thirteen. I don't know if that means anything to you, people, superstitious people, but oh, could be the final module. Oh, there's more. You keep no. That's they, it. What about? Oh, we looked at all those maps. <laughs> well, I just said there's the boards. Okay, the boards. Okay. Yeah. All right, and they and the boards. All right, in the starter kit style. Yeah. So that is... It's a big box. Dave was leaning over. All I could see were his feet dangling in the air as he was reaching down to the, to grab the last of the blue. And he's insisting on beating on the microphone. Sorry, tonight. listeners. <laughs> and how many blue sheets? One, oh, that's two. This is what he wants. Three, four, five, six, seven. Seven blue sheets. Some are already pre-punched. Three whole points. <laughs> Some are not. <laughs> Seven. That is the best bargain we, <laughs> I've ever gotten. We're gonna get people are gonna write us and they're gonna say we want more box art review and more blue sheets. More talk about the blue sheets. Well, we'll have to review the Rising Sun box art maybe next time. Oh yeah, because oh, I think and, you know that's a fine looking cover. It is. I don't want to say any more than it, that. It's yeah. an outstanding painting. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Well, that wasn't very Halloweeny, and we are we're probably gonna get oh. this episode out before Halloween. Yeah, not very. So we we didn't do much for not for very creative. This year. Yeah. So well, oh well. But anyway, uh, I guess it's a show. Yeah. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. Yes. And enjoy sure. your rising sun. And yes, remember to roll low and rally well. But not when you're but playing not, us. No, definitely not. Bye bye, everybody. everybody. was a good show a good show the monsters the monsters it was a very good show what was the other scary tv show adam's family did you like Ah, the adam's family which one did you like best adam's family i think i think think that was a little over my head Ah. or something the adam's family enjoyable but yeah so you were a monsters guy i yeah yeah yeah. i liked them both but i wonder if they still hold up no (laughs) they don't (laughs)